0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. I probably shouldn't shout so loud because I am actually in a secret location this week. Uh, Sean Priest is over there somewhere. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen.
1: Where are you? Uh, It's a secret location, Sean. The clue is in the title. (laughs) I know, but we're friends. You know, no one's listening. We all know that. We're friends? Uh, Tim Schwartz is over there. Hi, Tim. Hello, Stephen. This is all so mysterious, and
2: I hope some people are listening. I hope.
0: I, I know they are. And actually, do you know what? I want everyone to lean in. Just lean in a bit on this one. Because, um, you know, I am in a secret location. And I hope the car outside isn't giving too much away. Because <laughs> there's a lot of noise out here. Um, yeah, I am on location. I'm actually not. It's not that much of a secret, to be honest. Um, I'm in that there, London. Posh. Oh, London, Ooh. the land of... Um, politics at the moment essentially Uh, that's all everyone's talking about here is politics and all the rest which is kind of why I'm hanging around here this week Um, I think some people might have thought I'd be in Uh, San Francisco for a big announcement, but uh, sadly not. (laughs) (laughs) That's not where where I'd maybe like to be at the moment, but uh, sadly not. Uh, Yes, the Apple event has been confirmed September (gasps) 10th. So
1: exciting. So exciting. You're
2: not allowed to be excited, Mr. Android.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't pigeonhole me, Schwartz. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Listen,
0: guys, I've got a very serious announcement to make this week, and I I do want to make this very clear. And I should say, um, just for the benefit of our listeners, I I am not going to be getting too excitable today uh, because I am in a hotel room. And the last time we did a recording in a hotel room, I got complaints from the people next door. Now I have to say, when, when Stephen Scott gets complaints... About the noise in the room, <laughs> it's not because of anything <laughs> nefarious, but it's usually because I'm trying to record a bloomin' show. Um, <laughs> it's not what I'd like it to be. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not going to be going crazy today. We're keeping it cool, all right? And I'm actually, do you know what? I am a little bit down this week. I am. I was. I was very down. Oh,
3: no,
4: no.
0: I am. Uh, oh come on, open up, share with the group. What's up? Well, I've been watching this news. You know, I, I, I saw the news about the Amazon being you know ripped apart by fire and i'm thinking surely not the warehouse near where i live
1: oh i can't believe you went oh, there i can't believe Stephen. you went there that
2: is I, tim talk to him i've tried in the past i don't know if it'll work it hasn't worked before <laughs> well, Stephen. Can,
1: we're gonna get oh,
0: emails goodness. we're so sorry what from from the amazon what is the amazon offended by that comment <laughs> is it no
1: just the entire Whoa, rest of the world
0: Stephen. that's all well, I apologize to trees everywhere. Anyway,
1: quickly moving on.
0: Um, but yeah, look, uh, so I'm in a hotel room. Those guys are in their cozy studios. And uh, we're going to get through this because we've got lots to talk about this week. No politics. This is a tech show. Honest. And I want to start with uh, with a talk about the technology we use. Now, all of us use technology every day, maybe smartphones or smart devices. But out and about especially... Uh, I find that I'm using my iPhone much more with my AirPods in. And I've got VoiceOver on my phone. My screen is usually turned off. Um, And I'm finding, for some reason, I'm getting more people be aware of the fact that I'm using this technology, so the technology that everyone else is using, the iPhone. And you think that's a positive, right? You think that's really good. Yeah. But what I'm noticing is that more people are quite shocked or quite surprised or even react quite negatively towards me using that device. And I'm seeing other people on Twitter talking about it. I saw a tweet the other day which really resonated with me, which was someone saying, I want to watch a Netflix program on my iPad on the train, but I'm worried about what other people will think. Now, I don't know how much sight that person's got. Maybe they have enough sight to be able to see the iPad from a distance. Yet maybe not much vision for much else, like like the condition you've got, Sean, which is retinitis pigmentosa. Yeah. Um, where well, you, you know you you can see a little bit, but it's only a little bit of maybe something on the screen. Yeah. Um, but I'm just kind of a bit. I suppose my point of this discussion this week is to say, you know, I, I feel in some ways that we're maybe in a position where the technology that is helping us might actually be hindering our um, acceptability in the
1: world, if that's the right word. Um, and I just want to put it out there and see what you guys think. I don't know with this one. It, I mean, this is an angle I've never even thought of or heard of before. Because using our tech in public, there's been a lot of discussion that we've had about that, about the safety issues of it. Or, you know, people are very paranoid about getting their phones out in crowded streets or whatever in case they are stolen um and also uh, when i first got my iphone and i think this is the case for a lot of us you know using out in the street people would come up to you and say how are you using that um that was a big thing that, that for me that's worn off quite a lot i don't get that very often at all um but the actual aspect of has tech um become too capable is it too good now that people would think negatively or think you must or do more- we look,
0: do we look too capable while using it? I think, and, and it's not that we're not capable. I don't want to ever suggest we're not capable, but I just, it's a really interesting one. It, it, because I, I, what I find is, and Tim, sorry, I'll let you come in on this, but I just, I, I've noticed over the years that if somebody asks you, can you do X? And you're, and you're visually impaired, right? And they say, can you do X? Yeah. And you say, yes, I can do X. They'll say, well, that's great. You can do Y then. They just automatically yes. assume that, well, if you can do this, you can clearly do that. And it could be something to do. And I often, usually it's around computers. So it might be, you can, you know, can you read that email? Yeah. Well, I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. Oh, great. So you'll be able to do this spreadsheet for me then. And like, uh, or or alternatively, <laughs> it was even worse, is the, well, you know, your colleague Bob can do it. And he's got you know vision, and it's like, well, that's a different issue because then it's you're putting my experience and his experience in in some kind of box that says we both have exactly the same knowledge on everything. You know, yeah, I mean, I can probably knock up a meal, but I'm no Gordon Ramsay. So, you know, it's it's trying to make people aware. Why are we, why do people either think that we are capable of everything or capable of nothing? Tim, what do you think of this?
2: Yeah, I've had. Differing experiences on this topic over time. And thankfully for me, as technology gets better and as I've become more comfortable with using that technology over time, the reactions that I get seem to get better. Thankfully, although I get that a word a lot where it's you're blind and you can do that. That's amazing. We always get that. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. You know, I get that one a lot, but I have had or in the, the past. I word. Yeah, or, yeah, or the inspirational word, exactly. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I've had those many times, but in the past, especially when I was losing my vision, where I was working at that time, I was working at a bank that will remain nameless. Uh, but I was working at a bank and I was losing my vision and, and using the computer was becoming rather difficult. And they got me a CCTV and got me Zoom text with voice. And I hadn't even had the training officially on it yet. I had been using it for a couple of weeks, waiting for a trainer and just kind of fumbling around using it the best I could. And the manager called me into a meeting and said, OK, so your productivity is slower and you're not doing as well. What's the problem? We got you all the equipment you needed. We got you the things that, that uh, you said that you needed to do to do the job. What's the problem? And ultimately, I ended up losing the job. It's like, well, just because I really, yes, just because I have the technology now doesn't mean I understand fully how to use it. doesn't mean that I, I'm going to be fully capable of integrating it right away. Um, yeah, you know, crazy. And give me some time. You know, if they give me a couple months and, and I got in the training, I probably would have been better because fast forward to the job that I, I recently most recently had that I was there for 10 years. I had had people tell me that they thought I did it faster and more efficiently than people that could see because I had become so proficient using JAWS, I could navigate some of the applications faster with keyboard shortcuts other things i wasn't maybe doing as fast but most of it i could do probably faster and that's where i got the oh you're just such an inspiration it's so amazing that you can do that but then yeah it is the expectation of oh so you can use that with with that their jaws so you can do this thing too then right and like well actually it's not that accessible well what do you mean it's not accessible you can use everything else so, so yeah so it, it can go both ways
0: that is shocking to me that you were kicked out of a job on that basis. That is just insane that that happens. And, you know, I I probably hear a lot of, I can almost hear the nodding heads going along with it, listening <laughs> yes. to this right now, saying, yeah, I've been there. I know exactly w- what that's like. I mean, I want to cite another example which uh, kind of hit viral. I don't know how much it hit viral in the States and Canada, but um, there was a picture uh, that I remember went viral Uh, in the UK, um, and and it may well have gone viral elsewhere, but but it was a picture of a woman standing holding her phone. And she was looking at her phone, and she dared to look at her phone and be blind at the same time. (laughs) Um, And she was actually holding the phone. She was looking at it. And because she was looking at it and she was using it, and apparently she was using it with voiceover, um, she was deemed a fake Yeah, She was actually deemed not a blind person. Clearly can't be blind, and the comments were horrendous. And, you know, I I know social media jumps down everyone's throat every single time something comes along. It's as if there's just a gotcha brigade walking around out there looking for this. But this is just ridiculous when this happens. And unfortunately, there are more than one. Uh, example, millions of examples of this. I mean, I've, I've had some, I, I think I told you guys the time that I got in the taxi and the guy said to me, you know, you, you." I was talking about politics and the guy said, you know, you sound quite intelligent. Did you go to school? And, you know, you get these incredible, the <laughs> answer to that, by the way, is yes. I just want to put that out there. Um, but, you know, incredible that people have this low expectation of us, yet at the same time, whenever we do anything, We sort of crawl out of our homes into the outside world. We are inspirational and amazing. And I think it's interesting because you said earlier, Sean, you know, someone might come up to you and ask how you use your phone. Now, that's a kind of ton of phrase that sighted people use a lot. You know, people ask me all the time. But actually, people do ask us all the time. We are asked lots of questions about our visual impairments, about our lives, that you would never ask. A black person, what's it like to be black? Or, you know, to a woman, what's it like to be a woman? Can you imagine the Twitter storm
1: <laughs> that would emerge over that? those two simple sentences? You know what? I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this because I think for a lot of people, something like blindness is unimaginable to some people. And they honestly are amazed how people do still carry on with it. Um, Cancer is unimaginable to me,
4: but I've
0: never met a cancer patient, and I know a few, and I've never said, must be terrible. Yeah. Never.
1: No, that is true. That is true. I I honestly don't know, because I I think most people's heart are in the right place, but that doesn't mean that it's not inappropriate.
0: So, Tim, the question is, heart in the right place, or is it? just blatant ignorance
2: i think at times it can be a little bit or even a oh. lot of both yes <laughs> i think that uh, people's hearts are in the right place i get people all the time like you said steven saying wait you you've got an iphone there H- how do you use that and either myself or my if my if they're talking to my wife and i didn't hear it you know, we'll explain about voiceover and how i use it and they say wait and that's built right into it because they don't know. So that is the ignorance part. They don't realize the accessibility of a lot of our tech products today. But I think that at the same time, their heart can be in the right place because they are interested. There is a curiosity there. But you're right. People see us doing things like the example of the of woman looking right at her phone. I do that all the time and I can't see a thing and I still yeah. look down at my phone because it's a natural thing to do. It's like looking at yeah. people when I'm talking to them. I look at basically where the sound is coming from. So I'm more looking at their mouth than, than anything probably, but you know, I'm trying to look at them out of just respect for the conversation and I'll have people say, well, I would have never known you were visually impaired if I hadn't seen your cane or, or whatever because you looked right at me. And I'm like, well, of course I looked right at you where was i supposed to look you know it's 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 kind of like that that, you know that example of that woman looking at her phone reminds me was it two or three years ago when stevie wonder was on stage i think he was on stage with paul mccartney maybe maybe i'm remembering that but he had bumped into a mic stand and it went to fall over and he reached out to try to grab it and people were like oh well stevie wonder must not be blind he's a fake because he he could see to reach out and try to grab that mic stand no, I've knocked over things all the time. And if I feel or sense or whatever, where it might be falling, or, you know, if I just know where I fe- think something should be, I can reach and grab it. You learn, you train yourself. You guys know this. You know, it's just, I, I, I know where I've put something. You Usually, I can sometimes still knock them over, but I can reach over and grab something because I know that's where it should be. In a case like that, if you knocked it over, your reflex is to just reach out and grab it, whether you can see it or not. I know, but that's just obvious, isn't it? I mean, people are—some people are just idiots. Well, right. You would think that that'd be obvious, but that that's a reflex. But I remember such an uproar saying that Stevie Wonder's faking that he's not really blind. It's like, no, I can tell you from my own experience, it's just a reflex. And if he happened to catch it, well, good on him. But
1: it's not that he's faking. Is it also a case? uh, God, there's so many aspects to this. I didn't realize actually. But Also, is there a case that sometimes we feel we need to play up to that stereotype of what even we think a blind person is? I'm thinking now of of when I'm crossing a road and I've got to stop myself looking left or right to make sure that people know that I look like I can't see. Do you know what I mean? There's things that you've got to actually do to make yourself look more disabled sometimes. Well, I think that
0: ultimately comes from the... And again, this is a, a whole other conversation, but it kind of spans out of the issues around partially sighted versus blind. Partially yep. sighted people do tend to feel, I think, this need to, and I'm one of them. I'm with you on this. You know, you do tend to not not hammer up because you don't need to hammer up. That's the point. But you, no. but you do feel maybe in some ways you need to kind of almost you know, create some kind of Broadway show out of, you know, crossing the road, you know, to sort of prove that you're coming soon to the West End, blind. Um, look at how <laughs> no, blind there is I am. there's a safety am.
1: aspect, because if a car is coming and, they're, and they see you and it looks like you are looking their direction, they think that you've seen them. Now, I still look left and right, even though I can't see if there's a car coming or not. It's just habit after years of doing it for so long. Um so for a safety reason, you need to learn not to do that.
0: But look, I don't want to draw too many, too much on the negatives in some ways because I think what we've got to think about is, you know, our audience get this, right? People who are listening to this get what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But. I think what we've got to think about is, well, what are the solutions to that? And I've been given this a lot of thought, and I think ultimately this all comes from some ball of hate that is inside me since my site got worse. Um, you know, that's just been building up and it's kind of emerged in this way. Um, I've been more aware of it. I feel in some ways that because of the way my site is. Everything just feels a bit more raw and a bit more rough and a bit more, and I do get a bit more agitated more easily than I would normally. And in fairness, I do get fairly easily agitated. I'm Scottish after all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think that a lot of what I've learned, I think, in the last couple of months is interesting. It's been friends of mine, you guys as well, have kind of given me the, the kind of push towards this, which is, and I think this is ultimately my view on this, that you, you have to allow yourself, to slow down and accept that, you know, as a blind person, things just take a little bit longer than those with full sight. Um, and that's maybe the hardest part. I think, it's you know, I always talk about acceptance and I think that's important, but accepting that, you know, using JAWS, for example, when I learned to use JAWS, I, I just felt like I was back at day one learning how a computer worked. I felt like everything I'd known about a computer was gone. And there were remnants left, bits of memories that I could remember of where things roughly were. Because actually, just around right about the time that my site was getting worse and I was using JAWS, we moved to Windows 10. So that was a whole new experience. And I tried to, to see that as a positive in the sense of if I can figure this out now... Then, you know, I don't have to worry about the screen after that. But actually, you know, if I do turn the screen on, I'll be completely lost. I won't know where anything is. Um, That's not a bad thing for me, right? So you also have got to realize that things just take a little bit longer. And the speed that you would normally rattle through things, you know, if you were a particularly competent person on a computer or using a phone and you know I tended to like to get things done quite quickly and multitask and use lots of different apps and jump between and all the rest now I can't I just cannot get that speed and you have to just allow yourself i think to to be that way and it's not you know ultimately like you say uh tim you know you you started being even more proficient on things um yeah. because before you might skim them uh whereas now. You, you're probably taking more detail. I know. I think with notes, with emails, with um, with a lot of stuff I do, actually, I'm more aware. My audio editing is a thousand times better since my sight got worse because I'm listening, as opposed to looking at a waveform. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think there can be positives. And what you've got to do, I think, is just allow yourself to be angry, but then allow yourself to slow down a bit. I think.
2: Oh, this is beautiful. That is beautiful advice, and you're absolutely right because. You are going to be angry. I I have talked to so many people in that transition where they had vision and then they're losing it. I've been asked to, you know, be part of group support, uh, you know, meetings and mentoring and things like that, where I've talked to people that, that have, that are going down that path that I've been down already. And you hear that all the time, the anger, the frustration. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but my mantra to those people is always blindness is all about patience. And a sense of humor. And what you're talking about there was slowing down. That's the patience part. That's the I've got to take a step mm. back. I've got to be patient. I've got to understand, especially if you're losing vision and going through that process, using technology is not always easy to begin with, even if you can see, especially if you can see. But when you're losing vision or are totally blind or you know, or just some sight it can be very difficult. That said, we're in a great time if there's such a thing because you know we're always talking about, oh, this is now accessible or that's accessible or this mainstream device is now accessible. And that's what we want. And that's where we should be. And those are the positives because part of the reason we're having this conversation, I think, is because accessibility is starting to become so mainstream. It's not just JAWS that we install on our PC anymore. It's It's a lot more than that. It's not just third party devices made just for us specifically. It's so more, so much more mainstream. And so people are realizing that we're using these things more and more and more, like using your phone, you know, out in public. And so people are, are, you know, these people that never have seen that before and didn't understand what we could or could not do now have questions because they just don't understand because they're not keeping up with that technology the way that we are the way that we need to in order to feel more mainstream so there's a whole lot of positive to it but unfortunately the experience can feel negative as you said going back to the the, earlier in this conversation the heart is in the right place but there's such a mass ignorance not because they want to be ignorant not because they're being mean necessarily people just don't understand
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i think that um you know, we are in a good place, technically. You know, technology is actually on our side. And I think, you know, we, we do have very positive conversations here on Double Tap about the the, the joy of technology and what we all enjoy using and, and how good it is. And I think, you know, th- there's obviously caveats in that as well, where people are still catching up and, you know, probably feel a little bit overwhelmed. And I guess that the technology itself can overwhelm. I think, for me, it's about people who overwhelm sometimes. But ultimately, the bottom line is the technology is there and it is good and it just takes maybe it's the same for that you know patience and a sense of humor um you know to solve Definitely. that as well yeah. um look I, you know I, I could talk about this day and night i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this uh as well uh sean if people want to email in what should
1: they do you can email feedback at ami.ca and if they want to call tim what's the number the number is
0: Yes, get in touch. Tell us your thoughts on what you're hearing. We did reach out to some blind people on the Voreal app um, on this very topic. Here's what they had to say.
4: So my experiences in public as far as using my tech has never really been a concern. Actually, it's been pretty cool. You know, most people seem really interested in learning how I even use my phone because see people are always so surprised. They're like, you can use your phone and a lot of people are always asking, so who you know, especially with Uber and Lyft and using services like that. They're like, so uh did somebody call the Uber for you or call Lyft for you? I'm like, no, I, I didn't myself. I use my phone. My phone talks and they're like really you know people are always surprised to know that I actually am able to use my phone on my own and I think it's it's a lot of fun you know um you know I, I can say I've never worried about my tech making me seem less blind or less disabled or anything um and like I said I always feel that it's allowed me to interact with people even more, uh, than ever before. It's really great. I've never even had a second thought about making me appear less blind or anything like that. I use my iPhone with screen curtain, of course, like a lot of us do. I'm a voiceover user. And so on my commute to or from work, once in a while, somebody will tap me and say, I'm excuse me, your phone's not working. Yep, true, true. Once in a while, it still amazes me. I, don't you think I'd know if my phone wasn't working? I mean, come on. But once in a while, every once in a while, somebody will tap me and just say, "Um, I think there's something wrong with your phone. <laughs> I tend to leave my screen curtain off uh, because...
3: I like to have the access to the visual information as well as the audio. So possibly people think that I can see more than I can,
4: but who cares? Uh, How is that going to impact my life, except
3: positively in the fact that they might talk to me like a human being instead of a disabled person?
4: Uh, My experience most often is with the iPhone, When I use voiceover and the voiceover sound goes through my hearing aids so people don't hear it, uh, I often hear the comment, you can read that, oh wow, and I have to explain, no, I'm not reading anything, and then if they really seem interested, I'll turn off Bluetooth so they can hear the same thing I am hearing. It's not something I really concern about. I must confess, I don't use Netflix or or Facebook or things like that because I can't be bothered with them. But yeah, I'm I'm happy enough to use my tech um, in public. Uh, for example, I use it um, to track the buses when I'm at the bus stop, and. I've never had any comments about it at all. Most of the time, people don't even express any interest in it. Um, no, it's not an issue. But I certainly don't worry about what people think. No, mind you, I've never been much for worrying about what people think. Can't afford
3: to. They probably all think I'm do Lally, but there you go. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know that I've given it very much thought. Um, I usually keep my screen curtain on and use my earbuds or my airpods, so, actually, I haven't ever thought about it. Very often when we use tech in the public place, people around us looks uh, at me in a, in a different sense, that uh, how is it possible, how is it possible? Am I playing? Am I, am I using the mobile as a toy? And stuff like that and especially if there is someone with me like my mom and so people thought that people think that uh, okay this is something my mom gave me for playing and stuff like that because here in India at least in my place people are not very much aware about the assistive technology and stuff like that I use my tech all the time and no one has ever thought I could see more than what I can. I think my issue is almost like the other way around and like people still, even I'm like looking, because I use mainly my bus app or Google Google Maps. Um, so I look at the bus times and I'm at the bus stop. And I still think even then, like people don't really realise what I'm doing. Um, and I explain, oh, it's okay, I'm looking at the, at the buses on my phone so I know when the buses are coming. I've had people, when they they come over to me, they're like, your screen's off, did you know that? Or they'll come over and then they'll touch my screen. And they're like, yeah, but I'm just helping you. No, no, you don't come and touch someone's phone. Like, you Just come and put their hands on my screen to like tap my screen, go away. Um, I don't think people think you're less blind. I just think like people are often intrigued or they just don't really know what to do about you. I think they just think we're, like I don't know, from a different planet or something, to be fair.
0: Well, lots of interesting thoughts and feelings about this topic. Um, we'd love to hear more from you on this. Uh, we do uh, regularly pop up on the Voreal app, at least Tim and Sean do, because they pay for it and I don't. Uh, <laughs> you, you're subscribed. Um, I, I, I let you guys do it and tell me what's happening. It's, it's a bit of a cheat, really. It's like, you know, stealing someone's Netflix details. Um, not that that's a terrible thing to do. No one yeah, should ever do that. Yes.
1: But. No, no. Very bad.
0: Yeah, can I remind my family of that, who keeps stealing mine? <laughs> um, coming up, we're going to talk about the WebAIM survey. We've got your emails, more of your comments coming up on the uh, general topics we've been discussing. And uh, we're also going to be talking about iOS 13. I can't wait. I know you guys can't either. We're going to be talking about our top features. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Hey, this is Double Tap Canada. Stephen on location in secret place. Well, it's not really secret. It's called London. But if you can find me, good luck. And uh, I've got Sean and Tim with me as well. There you go. It's like, where's Wally? Hello. Um, with an actual <laughs> Wally. Um, OK. Right,
1: hang on. Stop. I, what? I want to know what you're doing in London. I, I demand to know.
0: So you know I work for this big charity in the UK that's called the RNIB,
1: right? We we are I am aware, aware of West. them. Yes. Yeah, well, that's where they're based, so that's why I'm here. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's that's fine, then. So why is it a secret? Well, it's not really a secret. I just thought I'd maybe hype it up a bit. Oh, okay, you're trying oh, to look sexy I and cool. You. Sorry about You've that. You've
0: ruined the illusion.
2: He doesn't want them to know that he's just saddling up to every buffet that he can find in London and, you know, on their dime, perhaps.
0: Listen... Ooh, as you well know, nasty. I only ever, only ever go near that wonderful Scottish restaurant that starts with Mick. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, we are aware of this as well. Anyway, yes. um, <laughs> let's get the show over the way, because I am hungry. Um, so I want to talk about the WebAIM survey, because uh, number nine is out, if you're counting. Uh, it is the new survey, which uh, aims to tell the world how accessible or inaccessible the web is. Um, Sean, of course, thinks that the web is beautifully accessible and easy to get to. Very accessible yeah. indeed. Doesn't we ever need use not to do closing. any more work. Yeah, that's it. <sighs> Web's, it's all done. Yeah. Don't it's bother. all done. We're finished. <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs> um, just want to say about it, uh, you can find the details at webaim.org, uh, but it is only available uh until Friday 13th of September. So if you want to take part and I think it's you basically answer a number of questions and you kind of go through some things. If you've got a spare hour uh give it a go because the more of us who take part in it and encourage us three to do it um we should, uh, we well, should do that. Sean. Not Sean obviously because he thinks the web is fine. I'd love you to try it actually. I will try. Just to see what you think, yeah, because uh, yeah, I think I it'd be interesting to see show. what the result is. Right. Don't, don't lie to the listeners. And I
1: don't think it takes an hour. Let's, let's not put people off. It, it doesn't take that much time. Two hours.
0: I don't know. No, nah, it shouldn't be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is important, though. Of course it, it know, is. It, is, it o- is. It's the only place to really get a detailed look and a, a, a sort of handle on where we are with accessibility and what assistive tech people are using as well.
0: Well, we complained plenty last time because we thought robots were doing it. So, uh, you know, it's not robots. It's blind people. Yes. <laughs> uh, actual, real blind people. Um, so, yeah, that's happening. But uh, check it out. It's only available Friday, 13th of September. It closes. So if you can, uh, take part, org. Now, uh, can't wait for iOS 13? No, neither can we. And uh, we thought we'd talk about some of our top features. I have mine prepped to tell you about. Um, But uh, Tim, I think I'll start with you. Uh, You want to tell us all about some lovely gestures.
2: Yeah, I have so many things. Just to have picked one favorite out of iOS 13 was so difficult. (laughs) But yes, the ability to now edit or change and set the gestures for voiceover, that'll be coming to iOS 13. And I have played with it quite a bit. I have uh, suggestions as to what gestures you should or should not use in conjunction with others because it can be messy. But that said, overall, it's such a nice feature because I've, I've gone in multiple times and changed things just to see how it would feel see if it makes sense to me you know trying to add other things for instance right now just for fun i'm using a four finger swipe up to lock my phone uh just i i know it's easy to just hit the button on the side but it, it's just you know just for oh, fun because I, like I can I think that's a good one so hang on yeah. so what? Um, four finger swipe up to
0: unlock the phone
2: to to lock
0: your or phone lock Not lock unlock, the phone lock the oh phone. right
2: yeah, so I just do a swipe f- up with four fingers. Problem with that is, is any that I try to do the four finger tap at top or bottom of the screen to you know move the the, the focus, sometimes my fingers might slip, and then I lock my phone. Oh, in my no, It's a
1: terrible idea. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. so it is a terrible Grab idea. That. Well,
2: and and similar to using a two finger swipe left or right, I actually did that. It's two finger swipe left to bring uh, up the notification center. Two finger swipe right to bring up the control center. And that's not great, because when you go to do the uh, two-finger... Uh, you're really selling this. <laughs> I am really selling it. See, this. Well, these are the only idea. two things I found to be... These ah, are a problem, because if, you, if you're if you one who likes to use the gesture to go back, so the the zigzag, you know, back and forth with two fingers, sometimes it thinks that you're doing a two-finger swipe left or two-finger swipe right, and so it brings open the uh, notification center or the control center, instead of taking me back. So those I found to be problematic, but otherwise, outside of those two things, I've really, really enjoyed being able to set the gestures to whatever I want them to be. And I know, I know, this is something that Android's had for a long time and Apple is finally catching up, but I think it's long overdue and it's a really, really great feature.
0: It sounds
1: absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's just the way Tim's explaining it. It's actually, it's it really, actually really nice good.
2: Speech. It's just for me and my use case, those two things have, have become an so issue.
0: It's absolutely but, brilliant, except for the use that you require. Uh, other than that, it's brilliant. Well, but yeah, you can I mean, use I mean, I must so many it's, other
2: it's, gestures to do those things and so many other ways to, to change it. I'm just saying, I, I trial and error, I found that wasn't good.
0: But so that's kind of the problem with it isn't it i mean in some ways the, the android needs it because it actually has fewer gestures whereas you know the iphone does have a lot of different gestures um how dare you it does it's just it's it's, it's a true. weak comparison um uh, but ugh. yes
1: no listen look, look i think what it comes down to is that <laughs> apple have spent millions and millions in research and development of finding the best gestures uh for voice them so yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's probably the default is probably the best way to do it, and the way we've learned it anyway. Mm. But just having the option there for someone who maybe can't do a particular gesture for whatever reason—it uh, is, as Tim said, it's it's well overdue, and it's uh, it's a good feature to have.
0: No, that, I agree with that, and I, I think it's um, it does it does sound interesting. I mean, one of those things I I can't really think at the moment of what I would use or want a new gesture no. for. Um. But then it's like, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's like silly Shortcuts to me, you know, boring.
4: But
2: oh, well, what I can see, oh, okay. oh don't right. get me started there Forget because it. that's one of my other favorite is the automated shortcuts. <sighs> oh, I love automated <laughs> shortcuts. But no, but I can see, though, with this new gesture, uh, you know, ability for voiceover. Gesture ability? Say, that's nice. Uh, right. Well done. Yeah, I just just made that up. Thank you. that right done. Um, but uh, I could see people that have trouble doing the rotor because there are a lot of people that have difficulty doing the rotor. We mm. have to turn it, you know, right or left uh, like a knob. Using, for example, that two finger swipe left or right because that's not assigned to anything right now. So you could use two finger swipe left to rotor left, two finger swipe right to rotor right, or whatever that you could use anything else and reassign that. So if you do have trouble doing a particular gesture, like people say they have with the rotor. uh, You can change that. And so I think for
0: those type of situations, it's really going to be good. So if you don't want to use your hands, if you don't want to use, if you maybe can't for whatever reason, or you have issues using gestures, there is another option. I know, Sean, you are jumping up and down about. This does appeal to me a bit more, and that's voice control.
1: I know. And you know why it appeals to you? Because it's just cool. That's why it's so futuristic. So, Voice control. No, it means I don't have to pick up my phone and I don't have oh, to do anything. So lazy. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, so, <laughs> voice control. I mean, you can't think of a better name. It does exactly what it says. So you can control your phone just using your voice. And of course, we've had voice assistants for ages. I think, was Siri the first one? I want to say it was really on a phone, it was the first mainstream mm. one. Yeah, I say it was the yeah, first was, oh, yeah. Come on, Persistent, it blew our minds yeah. when it was first announced. Uh, I, I remember. And of yep. course you can do great things with Siri, but it is limited. But with voice control, you can totally control your iPhone. As in swipe left, swipe right, tap on that, um open so and so app. You know, all this um navigation, I think which is important. Now, obviously I don't think this is aimed primarily us, the visually impaired. It's more for people with dexterity issues, motor issues, have problems using a touch screen, obviously. But the way that Apple have done it means that using it with VoiceOver enabled really isn't an issue, other than the fact that sometimes it will hear what VoiceOver is saying and think it may be a command. So you will need to use headphones or AirPods or something with it. But other than that, it works well with VoiceOver. And for me i was worried about that because i really do want to use this feature and i'll tell you why and it's a real trivial um, reason but i think this is a great use case is that when i'm walking and i've got the phone in my pocket i've got my earpods on or airpods whatever and you know you'd want to start an app up so you would say hey so-and-so lady s open this app and it would do that, and that was great. But then you still had to use the touchscreen to navigate through. Well, now you can say, open whatever app, and then you can say, swipe left, tap on that. And you never have to touch your phone or take your phone out of your pocket, and you can do all this while you're walking, you know, hands-free. And I think the ability to use your phone just using your voice is amazing. The actual use case I'm talking about is you know probably not what it was designed for but still i just think it's cool
2: and what's really neat is if you are familiar enough with a particular app where you know what the buttons are called you don't even have to be on the button to say tap that if you just know what it is just say tap and then the name of that button whatever it's been named and it will tap it. And I really, really like that because it makes navigating so much faster because you don't have to swipe left or right. You don't have to feel around the screen. If you just know that app really, really well from using it in the past, you can just tell it what to do and how to how to do things. Now, that can be tricky if you're not familiar with the name of that button or whatever, or if it's got additional language in the button name that you didn't know, although you can just rename it, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I really, really like the use cases for this.
0: Yeah, I do like this feature. I've got to say, and um, it's not one I've even tried yet. I've downloaded the iOS 13 beta, and I haven't even switched it on. I was kind of holding back until it was all complete. The beta was done because I kind of had the feeling. I know you had problems with it at the beginning, Sean. Um, yeah. And you know, we are still in beta mode, and I'm still having a lot of issues with the phone that I'm hoping will go away. Really? Um, mainly around well, mainly around third party apps to be exactly. honest. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the, that's going to be a system. problem. Yeah. The, But that is going to be a problem at the moment, which is why we always say to people, don't make it on your main phone. Um, You know, but we all did. So, uh, yeah, I I want to talk about mine, if that's okay, because um, mine is something which I I noticed immediately after I installed iOS 13 on the iPad Pro. Now, of course, now it's called, I think, what is it called now, iPadOS or whatever they call it now? It's it's not going to be iOS, right? It's separate. And um, I really was looking for one thing, and that was better accessibility, better support with voiceover. Uh, Because the iPad experience I've had up until iOS 13 was generally pretty poor. The The focus was leaping around like a clown in a minefield. I mean, it was just an absolute nightmare.
1: I never understand <laughs> that try. one, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is
0: just, you know, it was really, really nightmarish to use. It was all over the place. Pinball machine experience, terrible. Well, the good news is, with iOS 13, that the iPad, I would say, is, has grown up a little bit or at least VoiceOver has on the iPad. And focus now on things like the Mail app, uh, on a lot of the other apps that I use, even on Safari, and a lot of the the keyboard commands as well are really improved. And of course, that's the other thing about iOS 13, that the keyboard has become much more useful. I'd say maybe even better on the phone, but certainly on the iPad, you can do a lot more Of course, you've got to learn all these things, Uh, and you know I'm working my way through it. And I, you know, I'm I'm, like most people, I guess. I just like to learn it as I go, as I as I need it. But um, I am learning to be able to navigate around the screen a lot more, and they're really starting to merge the experience I'm getting on the Mac with Voiceover on the iPad. The question is, and the question was actually for me: Could I go without a MacBook in favour of the iPad Pro? Because arguably, there's a lot of the things I do could be done on this and, and, you know, except perhaps editing audio or video, right? I can't do that yet. I mean, although I do know people who are blind and editing video only on the iPad Pro because iMovie is so powerful now and it's very accessible. Um, I'm not there yet, but I'm certainly not there with audio because I haven't found what I would say is a brilliant audio editor for the iPad. Not, there's no Audacity or Adobe Edition or Reaper yet for the iPad. It may come, but it's not there yet. But the point is that the device itself for emails, for taking notes, for iMessage, for FaceTime, the things that I actually have a MacBook really for, as well as other stuff, obviously. Um, I am loving the fact that I'm able to do all this on an iPad on a much more, a much smaller device, great for travel. Um, and yeah, it is much more accessible. The focus is better. Um, the navigation is much better. Learning to use the control and the alt and the, the command, uh, so the command keys, um, you know, in conjunction with the arrow keys gives you that control over the whole system. And I am really, really impressed. So I think down maybe, maybe we're maybe one OS away. I think from almost complete takeover from the MacBook point of view.
1: <gasps> no,
2: that's yeah, been the I agree dream. With him on that No,
1: one. no, don't
2: agree, Tim. He's wrong. No, he's not wrong. I think the iPad, especially the iPad Pro, they want it to be a—I don't know if a desktop killer—but they want it to be at least comparable to a laptop-type computer. And with these updates that they've done with the keyboard and the user interface and the focus, especially with VoiceOver, for people that can still see to use a mouse, now they have mouse support. The the you know, third party or you know, Bluetooth keyboard uh, support is so much better. I, I really think that we're like you said, Stephen, one iOS away, maybe a year or so away from iPads, especially the iPad Pro, really being, if if nothing else, a laptop killer. If if not a replacement for a desktop
1: there i said it wow i'm amazed wow so what would you say is the big thing here then Stephen? is it just that voiceover has been i don't know what how you want to say it tuned up better for the ipad or is it more things like the improved bluetooth support or is it just a mixture of all of that is, is there one aspect of it that you think is has made the difference
0: well, the Bluetooth support I wouldn't say is a big deal because the, the keyboard I'm using on this iPad is the Apple keyboard. So that doesn't run by Bluetooth. It runs off its own Apple magic uh, fairy dust or whatever well, well, it is it runs well, off. On. Because That is Bluetooth. <laughs> I don't think it is Bluetooth, actually. Because well, what is it then? I, is it, well, it's through the uh, Apple smart connector. So it's not Bluetooth.
1: Ah, uh, I take it all back. because it, it, was about to, it, yeah, it doesn't okay. run.
0: It doesn't run a battery either, which is what I love about that keyboard. So you don't have to charge it up separately. Yes. Um, it runs off the power off the, the iPad, and of course, it doesn't really require much. Um, Sorry,
1: yeah, but when I said Bluetooth, I, I actually meant the improved keyboard commands. I suppose then, that, that, like you said, makes it more Mac-like, or it just makes yeah. it. More
0: accessible. Yeah, I mean, the keyboard commands certainly make it more accessible. And one of the great things about an iPad Pro, if you've got one, is you just hold down the command key, whatever app you're in, and it will bring up a list of a lot of the available commands. And it's not going to give you all of them. And it's going to give you ones that are actually for the everyday user, right? So for anybody, it's not just an accessibility thing. If you want to use an iPad sighted or blind with the keyboard, then you might want to know these. So for example, when you go into notes, you can hold down the command key, and one of them will be command N for a new note. Um, you know, So it's things like that that are going to be, that's pretty obvious, you might think. But if you don't know that, then you would want to to, to find that out. And that's a really quick yeah. way to, to get that to work. I think the only thing I'd say is it misses a function row key or function row key set, because that's the only thing the iPad doesn't have, or the iPad smart keyboard doesn't. Um, which is a bit annoying at times. Uh, obviously, that means as well there are certain things that you can't do as easily, and that's maybe where it, you know there is a departure. And certain apps just seem to give weird commands, especially through VoiceOver. Sometimes you'll get you know do this and you know hold down Alt and Command and End, and suddenly everything's going to be better for you. And you think that's not going to work, or you know I think my favorite was it told <laughs> me to do Control and Alt and then some F key, uh, function key, and it obviously it doesn't have a function, rookies. So I'm like, how does that work? So there's still work to go on to make it better, which is why I'm saying it's probably one release away um, from, from being a takeover. But the keyboard commands make a big difference, but VoiceOver is far more fully fledged. Um, it feels mature at last on the iPad Pro.
1: Yeah, I would go with that. I've got to say, I think that iOS 13 is a major leapfrog, let's say, over previous versions of iOS when it comes to accessibility. These features, they did take a long time to appear but i think they've been really well implemented and yeah i think it's it's a major release this one and and something everyone should get excited about
0: so there you go uh leapfrogging and uh clowns and minefields well i tell you what what beautiful picture we paint here on double tap our (laughs) pictures are always in 4k um right look it is um (laughs) Nearly the end of the show. And thank you for all your emails and and the calls. You've been getting in touch. And look, we will get to them uh, next week on the show. But we're also going to be talking about something else next week. Uh, And that is Apple's event. Yes, uh, next week. It's happening at long last. Look, I don't want to get into all guys because, you know, let's be honest. We could sit here and we could wax on about what we think might happen. Um, I uh, have my own views. I'm going to say that I think there is going to be a one more thing, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. Um, but I want to get to you guys first. What are you looking forward to? If there's one thing out of the event uh, that's going to be happening on September 10th in San Francisco, what are you thinking, Tim?
2: Ooh, wow. Um. One thing. You know, this one, I have to admit, the one thing I'm most interested in getting to know more about isn't any of the hardware it's it's anything having to do with Apple TV plus uh, of course we know we'll get new phones and new iPads, maybe new Mac who knows uh, we weren't sure about getting a new watch, but it sounds like there's going to be and there's some features there that I'm interested in but but really those are progressions those are upgrades we we know what to usually expect unless there's some big huge you know fancy feature that we just never saw coming. I'm really interested in Apple TV plus because Disney's now had their big event talking about uh, their Disney app coming out in November and all the content and Netflix has tried to respond to that and other companies, of course. And so I'm curious to see what Apple TV plus is going to be like the few shows that they've announced look okay, but it's not a big lineup and I don't know what else I'm going to get for my money. And, I'm I'm really interested to see where this goes. So I think on that side of things, uh, that's where I'm most interested to find out what more details
1: they're going to provide. Well, for me, it's the always enormous takeaway that I get when it's uh, <laughs> Apple event day because the whole thing for me is just exciting. There's nothing like the Apple event. And the other ones are coming close. I think Amazon probably is the next one that I find most exciting because they just drop stuff you didn't see coming at all. Um, and they do it out of nowhere. They don't exactly even really give right. you Exactly right. Yeah, up. someone's <laughs> like, bang, here you go. Here's some new cool stuff. But the Apple event is always um, – yeah, it's a, it's a big – it's a big event on the calendar for me, the, the biggest tech event. And um, okay, to be serious for a minute, I suppose for me it's always the iPhone. Um, that's the thing that that changed everything for us, I believe. And uh, it's always nice to see where that's going. Um, Of course, the trouble is we get so many rumors throughout the year and we sort of know everything before it's announced. But there's always that one thing that we didn't know or something that's a surprise, either a good or bad one. Um, So, yeah, it's always the iPhone I'm looking out for.
2: And that's definitely true. And, you know, the more I think about it, if we do get the one more thing, Stephen, I know a couple of the things we've talked about they could be. This could be really exciting because they, they might have a one more
0: thing. Well, I think they will. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm looking forward to everything. I guess for me, it is the uh, new MacBook. I am looking at a new computer at the moment, and uh, dropping a 16-inch MacBook Pro would probably be my idea of heaven at the moment, uh, especially if it's available uh, very soon. So, yes, that would be wonderful for me. Terrible. Um, (laughs) 11-inch, that was the
1: perfect one. It was I know,
0: I know. But that's gone. That Sorry. is gone forever. I miss forever. it. Uh, the one more thing, though, uh, and I don't know if we want it or not, but the one more thing I think is going to be some kind of tile app equivalent. Uh, I know there's lots of rumors kicking around about what could be, but I think uh, that you know, you know, some people say glasses, possibly. I don't think that's likely. Uh, maybe we might see a prototype. Who knows? But I don't think we're going to see anything available anytime soon. Um as long as it doesn't go the way of the air power, Matt. Um, <laughs> oh. But I think that you know it would be good to see uh, what this new thing is, and, and apparently it's going to work. Uh, I, I would imagine inside this new Find My app, uh, which is essentially an app that is called Find My. Uh, in there, you would have your family members and your keys. Um, it's a bit bizarre. Uh, but yeah, uh, so this app would work with that. It's possibly going to be kind of a disk-shaped device, unlike the tile, which is square, very small, can fit on your keys or put it in your wallet. So I think that might be the one more thing. I've got to say, if it is, that's pretty boring.
2: I don't know. It is kind of boring, but I think it's very helpful because, as we've talked about before, things like tile are, are very nice they're very accessible. And I, I use them for quite a number of different reasons to help me to, you know, locate something or find something. So if they do bring one out, I, I mean, it's not a big, huge thing. Cause it's not like they have reinvented the wheel or something, but it, it would be nice to see the other possible thing because of Apple TV, they might do their version of like a fire stick, kind of a, a, a smaller version of an Apple TV itself. So that could be interesting. Maybe, maybe, but, yeah, I think them putting out a Tile device to put in this new Find My app because it's Find My Phone, Find My Friends, Find My Everything, basically. So it, it would be a, a an obvious transition.
1: The trouble with Apple is the pricing, as ever. You know, I've always got a problem with pricing. But something like the Tile or the Tracker hardware, um, the price point is, is pretty good. And I think for something that you may lose, um, an Apple-priced product in that range, I, I don't know.
0: There's a good point there. Mm. Well, uh, we shall see. Well, that's all happening uh, next week. So we are going to be here on Double Tap talking all about it. So uh, get ready for that uh, because uh, it's going to be a big conversation. And, yes, more of your emails as well. Keep them coming, especially uh, around our topic we started off with. I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Uh, Keep the comments coming. Sean, the email address, please. That's feedback at ami.ca. And that lovely phone number from beautiful Tim. Uh, it's
2: one eight six six five zero nine four five four five.
0: Don't be scared. Uh, right, we'll catch you next time, guys. That's double tap. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.